morning. So nice to see all of you. Uh, we're reading from Philippians 2, verses 1 to 11. Um, I don't have a church Bible, but um, if you'd like to find it, then I'll give you a moment. So, Philippians 2. If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Neil Harvey's life wonderfully illustrates the Christian faith. Neil is a personal friend of mine. In his book, entitled Uncaged, Neil describes how his upbringing led him into a very dark world where despair and failure seemed to be his closest friends. Neil became not just a drug addict, but a drug dealer, crime which took him to prison. But after an amazing experience in a prison cell, Neil became a Christian and experienced the forgiveness of God. Neil experienced the transformation that faith in Jesus can bring. Neil thought that Christianity was just myth and legend. He came to understand that Jesus really is God and that we can know God through Jesus. It's such a pleasure and a privilege to be dedicating Edwin today. Such a lovely little chap, isn't he? It's wonderful to be surrounding him with love and with prayer for his future. What would you expect to pray for a baby like Edwin? Surely you'd expect to pray for great things, for success in every way. And indeed, we do pray for success for him. And yet our Bible reading in Philippians 2 contains an even deeper truth. Today, we've dedicated Edwin to Jesus Christ, of whom it is said here in Philippians 2 verse 7, he made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, the very nature of a slave, what would you think if we prayed that Edwin would make himself as nothing, a mere slave? I think you'd be rather shocked. But all of us who are followers of Jesus Christ 
must follow him in this way. We must all seek to make ourselves nothing, taking the very nature of a slave. God calls all his people to a life of self-sacrifice. But the wonderful thing is that as we sacrifice ourselves, as we sacrifice our comforts and desires, God meets with us and blesses us tremendously. So you can't outgive God. Whatever you sacrifice for God, God more than makes up for us, ultimately in heaven. This is the gospel which transformed Neil Harvey's life. This is the gospel which has taken Neil from a life of prison and crime to a life of fulfilling Christian service. This is the gospel which has transformed so many of us sitting here today. Let's explore this together this morning. If you've been here in previous weeks, you'll know that Philippians is a friendship letter from the Apostle Paul to the church at Philippi. There's great love between the Apostle and these Christians. However, there's some division in the church which Paul needs to address. In case you're not aware, the Apostle Paul is the former persecutor of Christians who met the risen Jesus on the Damascus Road and was transformed from being a hater of Christ and Christians into a passionate advocate for Christ. Paul now plants churches and oversees them. That's what we mean when we say that he's an apostle. So the apostle Paul is writing to his friends in the Philippian church. Philippi is a Roman colony. The people there are Roman citizens. They're a privileged people. The letter is written to Christians who know much blessing, but are experiencing some division. In today's verses, Paul teaches them, number one, to be united, and number two, to be like Jesus. Firstly then, be united, verse one. Therefore, says Paul. Now, whenever you see a therefore in the Bible, you must always ask what it's there for. That's right. Look up at verse 29. It has been granted to you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for him. Therefore, because you've been given the privilege of suffering for Christ, chapter 2, verse 1, therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, there should be great encouragement from being united with Christ, great suffering, rejection by the world, all sorts of things can go wrong, but there is wonderful encouragement. If any common sharing in the spirit, well, there is a common experience of knowing God, of knowing the presence of God's spirit, the Holy Spirit. If any tenderness, 
and compassion. There should be much tenderness and compassion between fellow followers of Jesus. Then verse 2, make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. In other words, be united. And that's what the Bible says to Christians in every generation. You have wonderful privileges as followers of Jesus Christ. Now, be united. You've been greatly loved by God. Now love one another. Verse 3, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Again, the non-Christian world would say, the way for Edwin to get on, the way for all of us to get on, is to be selfish, to put oneself first, and to be selfishly ambitious. The Apostle Paul says, the Bible says, verse 3b, rather in humility, value others above yourselves. Have you ever heard anything like this? Value others above yourselves. This is radical. Surely this can't be right, can it? Value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. There's no way we can live up to this ethic. There's no way we can be this selfless unless God helps us. And, it, and that is the point. If we're to be united in this way, looking to others' interests before our own, we have to have an experience of Jesus Christ. We have to come to God and freely confess, actually God, I am a selfish person. I do put myself first much of the time. I do look after number one. More than that, I've ignored you. I've attempted to live as though God didn't exist as if God made no claims on my life. And I'm sorry for this. Please forgive me. And the great good news of the Christian gospel is that God loves us. God sees us in our failure, our failure to love one another, our failure to love God himself. God sees all this and he loves us. And he does something wonderful. He gives Jesus his son, Jesus who is also God, and he gives Jesus to die on the cross in our place, taking the punishment for all the things we've done wrong, taking the punishment for our selfishness. This means we can be forgiven. 
and we can know God. We can know God as our loving Father. And more than that, God gives his Spirit, the Holy Spirit, to live inside us, to enable us to live the kind of life these verses describe. We don't become perfect this side of heaven, but we can change. We can become a lot less selfish. We can be united with other Christians. We can, we can begin to value others before ourselves. So be united. Secondly, be like Jesus. Remember, there's some division in the Philippian church. And the Apostle Paul says, verse 5, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Be like Jesus. That's the answer to division in the church. That's the answer to division in society. That's the answer to division in the family. Have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Be like Jesus in your thinking, in your mindset. What was Jesus' mindset? Well, verse 6, in eternity, before the creation of the world, Jesus was in very nature God. Jesus is not just a human being. Jesus is God who has always existed. Jesus is God who for all eternity was worshipped by the angels of heaven. But being in very nature God, he did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Here is the staggering love of Jesus. He's God. But he doesn't hold on to the privileges of being God. Verse 7. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. Can you begin to imagine this? Jesus is God, and yet he's willing to be born as a human being. He's willing to be limited by humanity. He's willing to be a helpless baby. He's willing to experience tiredness. He's willing to get sick. He's willing to experience hurt. Ultimately, he's willing to die on a cross. Jesus is God. He made the world. He didn't have to do these things. He didn't have to suffer. But he chose to. Why? Well, simply because he loved us. Look how he loves us, verse 8. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself 
by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. This is the mindset the Apostle Paul says we should have. A willingness to humble ourselves again and again and again. I have to admit, I'm a failure in this. I do fail to love others in this way. I'm not completely humble and self-sacrificial. And so we're thrown, aren't we, onto the mercy of God. We're thrown onto Jesus saying, Lord Jesus Christ, thank you for your amazing love for us. Thank you that you humbled yourself, leaving the glory of heaven to be born as one of us, to live a life of suffering, ultimately to die on the cross. Thank you that when you died on the cross, you took the punishment for all the times I failed to be humble and self-sacrificial. If we'll come to Jesus like that, if we'll thank him that he died in our place, God now offers forgiveness, forgiveness for all our selfishness. This is what we're saying that Edwin will need to experience, not today, but one day Edwin will realize that he's not perfect, that he does need forgiveness, but that Jesus has died on the cross to pay for that forgiveness for him. And we're praying today that one day Edwin will experience the love and forgiveness of God and know God personally. That's what we pray for Edwin. And that's what we offer to everyone here today. Because the story doesn't end there. Yes, Jesus died on the cross in absolute humility and disgrace. He also was raised from the dead to prove that he is God. And the New Testament contains various eyewitness accounts of this fact. We've already mentioned the Apostle Paul, who was an eyewitness of the risen Jesus. Therefore, verse 9, because Jesus demonstrated such humility, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. One day, every knee will bow to Jesus Christ. More than that, the Bible is very clear. We will be judged by Jesus for the life we've lived. We'll be judged for every failure to show humility, for every failure to put others first. We'll be judged for all that we've done wrong. And every tongue, verse 11, will acknowledge 
that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So that's where life is heading for each one of us. We're heading for a day of judgment when we'll fall on our faces before Jesus and stammer that he is Lord and God. And Jesus will make a judgment regarding each one of us. He will decide heaven or hell. There's no one who's good enough for heaven because heaven is a perfect place. If I went to heaven in my sin, I would spoil it. So the devastating critique of the Bible for each one of us is that we deserve hell. That's the bad news of the Bible. The good news is that Jesus took our hell when he died on the cross. He took hell. He took the just anger of God at our sin. He took the judgment of God on our sin. And that means we don't have to go to hell. We can go to heaven. We can be saved from hell for heaven. If only, if only we will come to Jesus and ask him to save us. So today, the Apostle Paul has two lessons for us. Be united and be like Jesus. The sad fact is, none of us can manage this. None of us can live up to God's standard. You know this is true. Even if you've been a Christian for five years or even 50 years. But the wonderful good news is that Jesus makes forgiveness and a fresh start always possible. Today we pray for Edwin that he will grow up to be a fine follower of Jesus Christ. But can I ask you to give a thought to your own soul? If you died tonight, where would you go? Heaven or hell? This was the question Neil Harvey had to ask himself as he lay in his prison cell. How do you match up to the standard of Jesus Christ? We can all be forgiven this morning. We're all in the same boat. We've all failed to achieve God's standard, but forgiveness is always possible. If you'd like to explore some of the ideas in today's Bible passage, if you'd like to explore the teaching of Jesus, if you'd like to explore the fact that he's God, that he died for us, that he rose again from the dead, that one day he's returning as the judge of our lives, if you'd like to explore these truths and other truths of the Christian gospel, 
we'd love to invite you to come to an Exploring Christianity course where we can go over the evidence for Jesus, the historical evidence that he existed, the evidence of Old Testament prophecy written hundreds and thousands of years before Jesus' birth, prophecy which Jesus strikingly fulfills. If you'd like to investigate the New Testament documents and decide whether they are reliable historical documents, reliable eyewitness accounts, do speak to one of us afterwards and we can fix up for you, can, for you to come to a course. But maybe you're ready today to commit your life to Jesus Christ. You'd like to say, yes, please, to Jesus' offer of forgiveness and a fresh start in life. If that's you, then do pray with me in a moment. And if you've been a Christian for some time, maybe for many years, I've been a Christian for over 40 years. If you've been a Christian for some time, this passage speaks to us too. How is your mindset this morning? How is mine? Is it the same as that of Christ Jesus? Freely giving up his privileges, accepting a life of suffering, humbling himself. This is the key to unity in the church. As I said earlier, we all fail to live up to Christ's standard, but we can grow more like Jesus and less selfish as daily we commit ourselves to living for Christ. Maybe You've been through the school of hard knocks lately. And Jesus is saying to you, I'm training you. I'm teaching you through the hard things you're going through. I'm training you so that in the end, you will have the same mindset as that of Christ Jesus. Let's pray together. A moment of silence for each one of us to speak to God. Maybe that you want to say to him, yes, please, Lord Jesus Christ, be my saviour. Save me from hell, for heaven, for relationship with yourself. If you want to say that to God, you talk to him now in the silence. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word, the Bible. Grant us to be united and to be like Jesus. Father, we confess our failure to live up to this standard. We confess that we deserve your righteous anger. But we thank you so much for Jesus. Thank you that he took your anger for our sin on himself on the cross. 
so that we might escape hell and go to heaven. Lord, grant this to be true for Edwin. Grant it to be true for each one of us. And then grant us, Lord, to live for Christ with the same mindset as that of Christ Jesus. Humbling ourselves, sacrificing ourselves. Help us with this, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.